0: you're listening to radio free edville it's edville on the radio for free i'm roy thomas Pagham. it's friday june 4th and this is your edville gazette brought to you in association with news now network the times they are still a changing Geezer protests galvanize the power of a generation by buster fogg Coburg. Well, the editorial board gave me the front page here, because Bob Dylan turned 80 last weekend, and that's definitely a full-on geezer story. But more than that, it's a full-on boomer story, which is going to get me into serious trouble with some gazette readers, no question. So I say, bring it. The board also suggested that I tone down the profanity, so we could kick this piece out to our syndicated partners. I said I'd try my best but most of the adjectives I know are swear words, since I only went to grade 6. Maybe I'll get my missus to proofread this, because she went all the way to grade 10, and she's as sweet as pie. I'm not kidding. But I digress. So when Bob Dylan burst onto the scene in the 60s, he was in his 20s. I was already in my 30s, and I thought his so-called music was overrated hippie peacenet crap. He knew three and a half chords, had a terrible voice, and worst of all, him and the rest of those precious folky prima donnas destroyed the only music that really mattered. Frank Sinatra. If it's 1966 and you want a score, who are you going to listen to? Bob Dylan or Frank? No contest. And if you really want to hear about man's inhumanity to man, who are you going to listen to? Johnny Cash, obviously. But the kids back then didn't have the sense God gave Hummingbirds, and they gobbled up all this hippie crap, mainly just to piss off their parents. So all these years later, people still say Bob Dylan galvanised the politics of the counterculture, which is both ridiculous and true. You can see it in the way the boomer behave even now, riding around on their little bikes with their sneakers and baseball caps like they're still in public school, saying things like, You're only as old as you feel. And when something gets stuck in their craw, their first instinct is to piss and moan and organise a protest, you know, with folk singers and placards and all that smile-on-your-brother crap they learned at Woodstock. Like they're not the man now, for Christ's sake, what with their waterfront condos and their chrome Harleys and their gold-plated pensions. Which brings me around to the most recent boomer-geezer protest held in Coburg in mid-May. Here's how it played out. According to the local press, approximately five protesters summoned up the courage to band together in front of Victoria Hall to fight the power and demand an end to the provincial lockdown. Some other geezers passing by in their cars and mobility scooters honked courageously in solidarity. The special constables on the scene were supposed to issue $880 tickets under the Emergency Management and Civil Protection Act. But instead, they brought Tim Hortons to the geezers no doubt reckoning that full bladders would drive them back home quicker than fines. Asked how he felt about the protest, one of the five oldsters said, It's a nice day for once. We're just enjoying the camaraderie. We like to get together and socialise. We're not hurting anybody, and we're enjoying our coffee. Every word of which is true, but also totally fucking inane. That's Bob Dylan's true legacy. I don't remember a thing about Rolling Thunder. Okay, I mean, it, it happened so long ago I wasn't even born. uh... Opinion, Farmer, MP Amos caught peeing this time, poor man, by Edna Farmer, Ottawa, well now, if you're a connoisseur of human folly, this business about Liberal MP William Amos just gets better and better, doesn't it? It seems to me that when the history of the pandemic is written, this story will figure prominently because it shows that our Canadian elites have all gone totally crazy. Now, you likely know that this sordid tale began in mid-April, when Amos inadvertently streamed himself naked during an online session of Parliament. He didn't know the camera was on, so parliamentarians got to see his rock-hard abs and his manly bits, which were undoubtedly among the most entertaining things they'd seen in months. Amos apologised. A lot of burr-brained things were subsequently said about his right to privacy, which is just funny, and the furrow died down just in time for the government to resume apologising for things that are even more burr-brained like when that nice Mr Trudeau said sorry to all those Italian fascists. Fast forward to last week. Amos was back online doing his parliamentary duty when nature called, and again, he forgot to turn off his video feed. Oh my God, the horror. Here's how Amos himself later described his crime against humanity. Last night, while attending House of Commons proceedings virtually, in a non-public setting, I urinated without realising I was on camera. "'I am deeply embarrassed by my actions and the distress they may have caused anybody who witnessed them. "'While accidental and not visible to the public, this was completely unacceptable, and I apologise unreservedly.' "'But being 2021, apologising and having a good laugh isn't enough, is it?' "'No, indeed. The poor man is temporarily stepping down from his parliamentary duties to seek assistance.' He hasn't yet said what kind of assistance, but presumably it could be anything from learning how to use a computer to a 12-step programme for PP exhibitionism syndrome. Either way, to judge from the press coverage, it's clear to everyone in Ottawa that he needs to detox, lest his antics affect the Liberals' election strategy. Here's the best line in the reportage to date, courtesy of the CBC. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh called the incident inappropriate, but said he supports Amos getting help. I don't know about you, but as we come out of the pandemic, I'm starting to think that Canadians have too little to worry about, by golly. If Mr. Amos peeing is what passes for tragedy these days, why, we're laughing. I've let you push me around this jungle for like five hours. You've been very aggressive, and I'm not taking another step until you let me pee. If you want to keep on going, you're just going to have to carry me, and I guarantee I'm going to pee on your head. you threatening me? You're threatening me with pee? Oh, yeah. Blue. T.O. Needs Toilets, Now More Than Ever by Hugo Blue Toronto As the denizens of Toronto deign to peek their heads outside and dream of reopening, many are finding that the world they're returned to is one bereft of lavatories. Those brave enough to venture forth have found the state of the city's privies dire indeed, as the services which are available are often locked, plainly gross, or have unreasonably stringent micturating hours – As Europe basks in their golden age of public restrooms, where citizens are tended to by proletarians for a mere pittance, North America sadly languishes in the Dark Ages. Frantic city-goers have taken to posting pictures of large crowds to outline the humanity of it all. And, of course, it is those most vulnerable who suffer most. The coffee addicts, the stranded commuters, the beer-saturated, the bladder-challenged, and the children. Oh, Lord, the children! The children! Together they cry out in unison, a bathroom, a toilet, my kingdom for a place to pee. At this rate, citizens may forget how to use public toilets entirely, and the city will be forced to rename at least one sports team the Toronto Toilet Trainers. I myself am happy to report that Edville's one functioning public toilet remains ready for use. As city councillors vacillate, out of fear of provoking a population that's just holding it in, Toronto clearly suffers, leaving residents to look up in awe at those metropoles who have so mastered the art of the public pissoir. Hey, look everybody, Billy peed his pants. Of course I peed my pants. Everybody my age pees their pants. It's the coolest. Really? Yes, you ain't cool unless you pee your pants. If peeing your pants is cool, consider me Miles Davis. Oh, that was the grossest thing I've ever heard in my life! (laughs) Let's go! Canada, From the Archives Deep Thoughts on Diner Etiquette by Shirley Stickle Edville Well, folks, it looks as though things are going to be reopening up around these parts sooner or later. Whether you think this is a good idea or a bad idea is your prerogative, and old Shirley isn't here to tell you what's right or wrong on the matter. What I am here to tell you is that, with stores and restaurants reopening, your interaction with other humans outside of your household is going to increase. Perhaps we all need a refresher on manners and etiquette. So I dug up Emily Post's Etiquette in Society, in Business, in Politics and at Home from the archives. I figure we can all have a gander together to remember how not to be Neanderthals in public when the time comes. Let's begin with interactions between yourself and restaurant workers. When they come to your table and introduce themselves and give you the specials, spiel, you make eye contact and listen attentively. There are several things you need to pick up here, such as their name, so that you don't find yourself needing to raise your hand and snap at them to get their attention later. You can simply say, Excuse me, Shirley, do you mind if I grab another pint, please? If you do find yourself snapping your fingers at them, don't be surprised if someone comes along and snaps them off. Also, regarding the pints. They're likely going to tell you which ones are on special for that day, so instead of ignoring them when they tell you the first time, you should listen. That way, when they ask you what they can get you to drink two minutes later, the poor souls won't have to repeat themselves. Next off, you are not at home anymore. You are out in a public space, a space that other people share with you that's not your living room. Shoes must stay on and feet off the table and chairs. This should go without saying, but unfortunately, even before the pandemic, this was a major issue facing the nation. On the topic of table manners, don't forget your please and thank you. I know for a fact that you know how to use them. Have you ever heard of the phrase, you can catch more flies with honey than vinegar? Perhaps restaurant workers and retail staff will be more inclined to help you, if you're polite to them. This may not be the case if you're acting like a peckerhead. Treat others the way you would like to be treated. Please don't forget that these people are other human beings. They are not robots or artificial intelligence, despite what their managers might expect of them. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't be able to have that Caesar out on the patio at the lift locks. So be thankful and appreciative of them. Or else they might throw you over the banister... And the undertow will carry you down to the depths of the Trent Severn waterway where you belong. What do you want? Can I get 40 pinkies? You're like 35. The kids' menu is 8 and under. You want to cheap out? That's cool. Your lemonade is going to be this big because you're ordering off the kids' menu and I'm not refilling it for you. What do you want? Cheap. You, what are you getting? Off the baby menu? Sure. Oh, That's fine. Let's save you money so you can figure out how to leave me a decent tip, okay? Because right now I have no prayer at all. From the Man Cave. Tips for Leafs fans by Jeff Mullet Jr. Edville. All right, my dudes and dudettes, this one is going to hit real close to home for your man Jeff here, but it has to be done. I feel like it's just a question that gets asked too many times, and I genuinely want to help the poor lost souls that don't know the answer. Every year I get asked, Jeff, how the hell are you still a Toronto Maple Leafs fan? let me tell you, bud, it's a hell of a job, but someone has got to do it. So here are some pointers I've picked up over the years to keep you cheering for our boys in blue, because you know that next season is the season, and you want to be on the bandwagon for that. Tip one, never put your name on a jersey. I don't care how long you think that dude is going to play for us, it's too risky. Otherwise, you're just going to have a closet full of Van Riemsdijks, Cadres and manas, or a drawer full of letters which I guess could be economical when you think about it, but just spare yourself and leave it blank. Or throw on a clerk or a Sittler, but never your own name. Tip two. Don't buy a nice TV. Look on Kijiji and grab yourself a used beast from the 90s for the garage or rec room. One that you don't care if you throw the remote or a beer bottle at it. But Jeff, what about picture quality? I want to watch my leaves in HD. No, you don't. Tip three look into getting yourself a prescription for anti-anxiety meds around playoffs don't worry you only need one rounds worth what do the maple Leafs and university students have in common they're both done their year in April don't have a doctor or insurance no problem see my article on growing pot for an all-natural do-it-yourself stress reliever tip four and lastly never give up hope never jump ship we bleed blue together until the fall, my friends. Here's the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is... Series. Kids and geezers R L M A O. Kids Corner. Can we like literally lit up litterers by Crystal BB Diamond 16? Brighton. Hey fam, hope you are like having a totally awesome day. Unless you are a litterer. Yep, we got the problem in the six neighbourhoods. Turns out some, some peeps were like totes being what my grandpa and Buster call no good, good for nothing, 12 asterisks in T-Dot and acted way out of pocket and like destroyed a park. Ugh fam, that ain't very fam-like. And I just don't get what we got to do they put those ugly ass trash cans everywhere can you believe J like tried to write k plus j forever on a trash can last week oh uh, gross right on a telephone pole or a dumpster like a normal romantic god and people still throw their trash on the ground can we just like set fire the people who litter on fire set fire to them actual hot smoky smoke fire then maybe the park won't always look like the inside of my mum's trunk all covered in receipts and bottles and stuff, but more like, you know, a park. Anyway, that's it for this week, fam. It's summer out there, so don't forget to smear sunscreen or you'll turn all wrinkly. I'll be chasing Senior's Corner. Self-driving German vehicles? Seriously? By Buster Fogg. Coburg. Well now, if you thought that picture of Joe Biden was funny, you know the one I mean, where he's sitting on a $100,000 battery-powered Ford pickup that you can charge for eight hours but only drive for three, you're going to love this story I'm about to relate, because it contains the two key elements of every story you've read these days about your transition to clean energy, stupidity and idiocy. For starters, this won't surprise you. This story comes from Germany where everyone's so green and environmental that they've all agreed to pretend they're not importing fossil fuels from that dipshit Putin. This way, they can also pretend that fossil fuels are not firing their generators, which in turn produce all the vastly overpriced electricity they need to charge up all the EVs that they think will save the planet. So the Bundestag have legalized level four self-driving vehicles, which are the ones that don't require human drivers or, get this, human monitors. No siree, Jack. These things just drive themselves all over the goddamn place. What could possibly go wrong? According to the transportation minister over there, Germany will be the first country worldwide to take autonomous vehicles from the research laboratories to the streets. We are now a major step closer to that goal. Is it just me, or do you break out in a bit of a sweat when Germans start talking about world domination? Meanwhile, over on the Autobahn, which is the Germans' true gift to gearheads, no question, the best law in Germany remains in force. No speed limits. So I said to my missus, Babycakes, cakes, someday when the pandemic's over, we should go over there and rent a Porsche and drive like a couple of fucking maniacs, just for the hell of it. She said, Bussy, honey, you're a maniac on your mobility scooter. And that's mania enough for me. She's adorable. Meanwhile, no one in the German Ministry of Dipshit Ideas has said whether the future includes self-driving cars doing 150 on the Autobahn. But I'm guessing they've already got a team of pocket-protective geniuses working on that scenario. World. The TikTok Time Travellers by Hugo Blue. Beijing. Time travellers from every are congregating together on TikTok, the Banned Again Off Again video sharing platform, to inform us just how much our future sucks. There's Javier, who awoke one morning in hospital to discover all humans and animals had vanished, leaving him stranded in a parallel universe circa 2027. Bummer. Javier's been documenting his journey to find people, thus far to no avail but at least he has thousands of internet followers to keep him company and point out details like moving boats and the functioning power grid he seems to have overlooked. Wherever we humans went, though, we're soon to come back. We know this because authentic time traveller from the year 2582 is willing to post snapshots from the future, so long as we continue to subscribe. We've been told that the Earth is completely hollow, but not flat, and noisy. There's video. Eventually, though, we get whacked by an asteroid, but it's cool because we've made it to Mars and beyond. And let's not forget rival chronobros, 2028 man and 2029 man. Can only dudes time travel? Whose contrary future facts, while equally bleak, tell us descent festers even among the chrononauts. Clearly, these time-tickers have chosen to appear in the COVID-19 era of 2021 for its captive audience. And while some of their descriptions of the future are suspect, it's all rubbish. They and the future their spouse just might be the future of entertainment. Listen, I'm here from the future. Y'all can see that? By my fly-ass clothes. Y'all got a king. He tripping. He a tyrant. I'm here to end that. You are him. You are the savior the prophecy spoke of. Yeah, that's me. And I come come bearing gifts for y'all. These mystical treats. It's called graham crackers. Lamb Lamb crackers. Lamb crackers. Graham crackers. Graham. Graham crackers. Are y'all fucking retarded? Graham crackers. It's cookies. Cookies. What? It's cookies. They don't come out till 1950s. Y'all gonna be dead anyways. That's all you gonna get. It was my other leg, by Hugo Blue, freistat Our bad is the latest from the Freistadt Clinic in Austria, where, despite quality assurance standards, they amputated the wrong leg off one of their patients. The mistake, in which the right leg was removed instead of the left, has been attributed to human error, with the clinic's statement explaining that the incident occurred after a series of unfortunate circumstances. Yes, it was a regular lemony snicket. One imagines the surgeons in the operating room. wait, was that my left or yours? In the clinic's defence, they at least had a 50-50 chance of getting the correct leg. Also, they've since apologised. Unfortunately, the patient must now sadly take advantage of Freistad's two-for-one leg deal and proceed with the originally intended operation. The incident has led to a series of subconscious physicals, with patients, not just at Freistad, but all hospitals, randomly touching themselves to confirm they have all their intended limbs. Sadly, this isn't the only recorded case of we-cut-off-the-wrong-leg syndrome. Doctors in Russia back in 2018 amputated the wrong leg off an 89-year-old Holocaust survivor, as if she hadn't suffered enough, and then tried to cover it up by falsifying records. Scoundrels. To their credit, Freistad didn't do that, and both the patient and his family have been offered psychological support. Perhaps something to keep in mind after your next oopsie at work. Accidents happen. I'm Roy Thomas Pageant, and this has been your Edville Gazette for Friday, June 4th. Join us again next week. The News Now Network is a fiercely independent news magazine serving the residents, businesses and civic organisations of Northumberland County. It is supported by local advertisers and free to readers. Visit newsnownetwork.ca